You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hunt. Oh my, what a show. We got fascist Fauci calls for vaccine mandates straight up. Murdered Chicago cop Ella French's father yells at the Chicago mayor. Senate is set to pass the infrastructure bill. The CDC hugely inflates Florida COVID cases. Big error there. Plus, a D.C. judge thinks the DOJ is too lenient on the Capitol Hill rioters. But first, I got to tell you about Bambi. If you've never heard of Bambi, this is a game changer for your business. Because when you're running a business, HR issues can kill you. You've got wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, And HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business, and they help you manage your employees day-to-day, and they do it all for just $99 a month. It's a month-to-month service, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. You didn't start your business to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help you. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash buck right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash buck. B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi dot com slash buck. Oh, the Fouch, my great lab coat tyrant nemesis. He's out there doing what he does, changing the game, moving the goalpost once again, because that is who he is. This is not surprising at all at this point. We should expect this kind of stuff, but. Here is the Fouch on whether we should have mandates for everybody for vaccines. Play it. One. Yeah, I'm going to upset some people on this, but I think we should. I mean, we are in a critical situation now. We've had 615,000 plus deaths, and we are in a major surge now as we're going into the fall, into the school season. This is very serious business. You would wish that people would see why it's so important to get vaccinated. But you're not going to get mandates centrally from the federal government. But when you're talking about local mandates, mandates for schools, for teachers, for universities, for colleges, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I know people must like to have their individual freedom and not be told to do something. But I think we're in such a serious situation now that under certain circumstances, mandates should be done. Such a serious situation, a major, major situation. Let's think about this for a minute, shall we? There are uh, there are a couple of states, a number of states where they've had some pretty big increases in caseload. Over 80 percent of people over 70 are vaccinated. So the people who are at most risk of hospitalization and death are overwhelmingly protected with the vaccine. So they're focusing in on cases and they're trying to tell us that hospitalization hospitalizations are spiking as well. Even, in fact, children in hospitals numbers are just shooting through the roof. You know how many children a day right now are in uh, or are entering U.S. hospitals because of 
what they think may be COVID, it also can be RSV. There's a spike in this virus known as RSV, which is another, a different respiratory infection. But yeah, just take a guess how many people, how many children a day. It's in the 200s across the whole country. It's in the 200s. It's about 200 kids a day. How many children in the entire pandemic have died from COVID-19? Less than 300. It's about 290, something like that. Less than 300. And of those children, how many had severe uh, health challenges that would have put them at considerable risk from other diseases as well? The number's probably pretty high. And yet here we are being told to be more scared than we've been in a very long time about the virus. Does anybody else feel like this is quite a big switch of what the narrative has been? We were told, get the shot, and it's all going to be okay. Now they're saying, well, it's a crisis. We've got to mandate the shot for everybody. But they're forgetting the numbers are much better than they were, and we're actually much closer to the end. So what do they really think that mask mandates are going to accomplish? They, they speak out of both sides of their mouths on all this stuff. They're, they're telling us they had uh, some big epidemiologist going on TV saying that this may be the Delta variant, maybe the most contagious respiratory virus ever encountered. That was a statement by some you know, big, important epidemiologist, blue check MD guy. OK. If that's true, the notion that you having a piece of cloth across your mouth, loosely draped on your face is going to protect you from this in a situation where you would be exposed to the virus is laughable, laughable. It's absurd. It's dumb. But they won't admit that. Why? Because if you start to question some of the stupid stuff they do and they've made you do. Then you'll start to question all of it, which is why Fauci clings to this. Do you think he's ever going to admit, you know, I I locked you away. I stole months, if not a year plus of your life unnecessarily. And I really uh, I did not need to change my tune on masks and I should not have prevented a discussion of the lab leak theory from Wuhan. And you think he's ever going to say that? Never, never, never going to happen. So just understand that with every public pronouncement this guy makes, he's made his decision, has made all of his decisions, uh, and there will there will absolutely not come a time when he admits that there were mistakes made. That's just for him. That's an impossibility. And that's this is why he'll go out there and say things like uh, the Florida surge, for example, was, as he says, preventable play two. Well, scientifically, they're going to take us continuing to escalate up and the people of Florida are going to suffer unnecessarily. There will be unnecessary hospitalization and tragically unnecessary deaths. That's exactly what is going to happen. It is entirely predictable on the one hand and entirely preventable on the other hand. Entirely. First of all, this guy's predictions have been horrible and wrong over and over again. But the problem that I have with what he's saying is that it's also just a lie. This notion that we could have stopped this, this notion that it could be uh, that we could be in a situation where there wouldn't be this this case urge in Florida unless you're going to forcibly 
put vaccines into arms of every human being. By the way, whatever happened to breakthrough cases? Remember the whole thing about Cape Cod, the Delta variant evaded all those uh, all those vaccinated people in Cape Cod. So is that happening or not? Do, Do they give us any sense of. Any sense of what's going on there or not? By the way, you know, you have vaccinations by state. Florida is about 50 percent. New York, very blue state, is 57 percent. Okay, so it's it's a little bit it's a little bit more vaccinated. It's not that much more vaccinated. And actually, on the issue of vaccinating senior citizens, Florida is a little ahead of some of the blue states. So there's so many complicating factors here. Like, are these is the big spike in cases mostly just people who are in their 20s, 30s and 40s who are not vaccinated? If so, they're going to be fine. Not all of them, but the same way we roll the dice when we get into a car every day, people in their 30s, like me, have rolled the dice and said they're not getting vaccinated. Okay. You know, if the vaccines work so well for senior citizens, which they seem to do, then what is the big freak out? Ah, Fauci, he is not done controlling you. He is not done with this. Play clip three. We have the tools to stop this. And that's the thing that's so painful and frustrating. We have 615 and more thousand people in this country that died from this. We have to take this seriously. So when you hear people saying, well, I don't really want to be told to get vaccinated. You know, I can understand the need for people's personal liberties. But this is a very unusual time in our history. And that's the reason why we've got to do unusual things. And that means use whatever means possible to get people vaccinated. Whatever means possible. Do it all. Everything. We're going to force you. We're going to force you to get vaccinated. I'm telling you, don't give in to the Delta variant panic. I still stand by what I thought all along, which is if you are at high risk, get vaccinated. If you want to get vaccinated, go get it. However old you are, go get it. But just remember, even before the Delta variant, one thing we learned for sure, when they say your health may be at stake, your freedom is definitely in mortal peril. That's the truth. They are going to use the same... Uh, the same scare tactics for the booster shots that we're inevitably going to have to get. Inevitable booster shots. You know, that's going to happen. And you know what they'll say, even if cases are very low, then even if it feels like they're, uh, it's not justified based on the, in the actual status at that time uh, of COVID in the community, they'll say, well, we need to prevent it from getting back there. So you have to get a preventative booster shot. And there'll be preventative masking and preventative restrictions on gatherings and this becomes our new reality because we have to stop us from ever going back to COVID. we can never go back to COVID. oh my gosh that's what they're going to do i'm telling you this is the way it will be and that's why we have to fight back i'm happy to see senator ted cruz of texas who's just saying enough enough with the stupid masks okay i mean look vaccines are very very helpful against this for a lot of people that's clear okay the vaccines do work very well at preventing hospitalization and death for a period of time we're not sure what that period of time is yet but that's that is what the data shows the data also shows that masks are an absurd joke okay that's what the data shows that's why i'm happy that senator ted cruz is out there saying this is stupid we're not doing stupid stuff anymore play five 
My, my views were very simple. There should be no mandates, zero concerning COVID. That means no mask mandates, regardless of your vaccination status. That means no, ma no vaccine mandates. Th that means no vaccine passports. And I've introduced legislation, a bill to ban vaccine passports. This week, I'm introducing a bill to ban vaccine mandates. And this will, I'm, week, I'm introducing a bill to end mask mandates. Now, that doesn't mean, as the media likes to characterize, that I'm opposed to vaccines. I actually think vaccines are terrific. I've taken the vaccine. My family's taken the vaccine. What's what's wrong with that, folks? Is there anything about that that should give someone pause or a surprise? No, this is the way it should be. We have to have a free society again. America has to become a free country again. And if if people are making decisions that end up with a really bad outcome for themselves, that's the way it goes in a free society. All right. There's not enough of a justification anymore for people to say, I mean, just based on the database on everything. Oh, well, you're too much of a risk to be around me. No, that's not true. If you're vaccinated, you, you should not be worried about that at all. There's no perfect safety. There's no perfect security in any society. So enough is enough. We'll get into some other topics here in a second. But, you know, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation helps us keep our commitment to never forget. And this year, the foundation is honoring Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders with 200 mortgage-free homes. Chairman and CEO Frank Siller is paying tribute to the fallen by walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville and onto Ground Zero. That's more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days, the month of August through 9-11. Towers of light are to shine at the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance. And the names of those we lost to 9-11 related illness are being read aloud at a ceremony on September 12th. And on Veterans Day, the names of those we lost in the war on terror will also be said out loud. Do good and help America to never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org, T2T.org. So a police officer was shot. Over the we shot and killed Ella French was her name. She had just had a two month old baby just came back from maternity leave to be on the Chicago Police Department force. Uh, she was killed by two men. Um, well, one shot her and one was aiding and abetting the murder brothers, actually, and uh, also shot her partner who was uh, fighting for his life. Last I was able to check up on the status of it. And the father shouted the father of Ella French shouted at Lori Lightfoot. Uh, people have had enough of lunatic pandering Democrats pretending for the last year plus that the BLM narrative is anything other than a vicious and stupid lie when it comes to cops, because that's what it is. Police are an overwhelmingly good force of good people in this country who keep us safe and do their jobs well. I mean, a few months ago, even you could read stories about how policing actually comes out of slave patrols, which is just historically not true. Months before that, you'd read stories about how, you know, police, uh, police brutality and police murders of unarmed black men are just an epidemic. This is the stuff that BLM says again, just not true, just not true. So we do have to ask ourselves, at what point will there be some degree of accountability in all of this at what point are we able to turn around and say hold on a second 
there are people who benefited politically when they thought it was to their advantage over this stuff. And then uh, they just hope to walk away from it now. But no, Chicago police have also turned their back on Mayor Lori Lightfoot as the officer yelled at her, blamed Lightfoot for the shooting. I mean, there needs to be a really serious backlash against people like Lightfoot and de Blasio. And look, it's the Democrat Party, folks. The Democrat Party is full of crybaby wokesters. Oh, whatever. Whatever's going to make my friends think that I'm cool and woke is what I'm going to say. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. Yeah, I'm going to chant BLM. I'm going to say cops are bad. Why? Based on what? Well, it makes them feel good about themselves because they're they're heroes without having to take any risks or do anything brave. It's actually the opposite of courage to go along with the mob for one's own benefit. It is, it is the opposite of courage. And I think everybody needs to understand. I think that should be something that is abundantly clear at this point. And yet here we are seeing this continue to play out, seeing the reality of these things as they happen. And what does it mean in the city of Chicago? Will they actually do anything? Will they actually change anything? Well, the only way it would change The only way it would change is if you actually had leadership that was willing to do something differently and to support law enforcement and to repudiate the bullcrap narrative of BLM. But we know that's unlikely to happen anytime soon. That's putting it that's putting it mildly. So we also have the Senate set to pass this uh, massive budget. And guess what? This is going to turn into a now they're going to pass infrastructure, but now they're saying the budget has to be attached to it. It's so big. No one's going to end up reading it. It's just going to be a big propaganda fight in the media about what's in it, what's not in it. Here's uh, Senator Schumer talking about how, oh, don't worry, the wealthy are going to pay for it. Play 13. While my Republican colleagues regurgitate the same tired talking points about a Democratic spending spree, let me remind America that we plan to pay for this package by making the wealthy pay their fair share. When our Republican friends held the majority in this chamber, they chose to use the same process Democrats are using now, budget reconciliation, to give corporations and the wealthy a massive tax break at a time of egregious income inequality. The former Republican majority rammed through a bill where 83% of the benefits went to the top 1%. 83% of the benefits. Chuck Schumer's rich. You know that Chuck Schumer's a wealthy guy. All these Democrats who pretend to care so much about wealth inequality, they don't care about their wealth inequality. They care about yours or other people's. They're concerned with making sure they stay in power, that they get invited to Obama's Martha's Vineyard birthday bash, that they get to rub elbows with Clooney and Oprah while pretending to be champions of the working class, the little guy the people that are struggling to make ends meet. I mean, this is the great Democrat fraud that the Democrat Party, which is the party of the ruling elites, of the bureaucracy, of the federal apparatus, is somehow devoted to helping everybody be more equal, or you could even say creating equity, when no, no, what they seek to do is to constrain those who are working and succeeding the great mass of the middle of America, 
to milk them more like cows and make sure that they give more to those who do less. That's the uh, that's the idea. That's the big plan here. And the Democrat Party is essentially a coalition of the elite ruling class, the apparatus of government control and the dependents, those who need and have to get more from the government and demand it and, and feel they are owed it, in fact. And this is the central fight in American economics right now. I mean, the Democrat Party isn't quite openly socialist, but it has a Marxist ethos and uh, ethos and uses socialist aims. So it's just a question of how far they can push it, how much they can get away with. And anybody who says, oh, no, Buck, they wouldn't want to be they wouldn't want to be all out socialists. Really? Why? Look at socialist countries uh, around the world. And, and many of them, there's always an elite that lives incredibly well. In fact, even better than the elites in this country. And so far as the gap of wealth that is created where the government has more control over the economy and a true socialist state is wider. Right? I mean, when the peasants can't afford anything. They get they get whatever you give them. But the commies at the top of the pyramid, they can have anything they want. You think that would bother Nancy Pelosi for one second? No, she would prefer it. In fact, this is what you see playing out uh, in places like the state of California, where you have a rich elite living along the coast, you know, talking all the time about their wheatgrass shots and their pet therapists and just being, you know, making, making TikToks of themselves being absurd. And then you have the working class and uh, predominantly minority communities that are closer into the interior of California, where there's a tremendous, uh, a tremendous amount of government spending and the welfare state is critical and essential. Right? And that's what ends up happening. Well, you also have this in some you know, Latin American countries where you have an incredibly rich elite and then you have a whole bunch of people who are uh, the working class who are held down by a system that allegedly elevates them. I and mean, look at Venezuela. Venezuela was supposed to be a system run on social justice. They put price controls into place. There was land appropriation and redistribution. And what you ended up with was a collapsed economy, narco traffickers running the place, uh, violence and mayhem in the streets. But, you know, always able to blame either America or the Yankee capitalists in their midst. Horrifying, right? But, you know, Democrats live in a world driven by emotion and selfishness. Uh, and that's the that that's just the way they're going to continue to be. We have to be the adult party and sit there and say, what are you doing? And not that the Republican Party is anything even approaching perfect. There's a lot of clowns in our party, too. A lot of people are going to go along with this budget and go along with the spending and think that it's just fine. Think that it's just fine. Um, you know, you've got I mentioned this before. The CDC got the case number in Florida very wrong. And I have to say. Uh, why is it that it's Florida where the CDC has this problem? I just I think that's interesting. I, I think it's noteworthy that in the state of Florida, we all thought that um, we were in a situation that we could at least count on the CDC to report the right numbers. Right. But no, no, no. There are other considerations that come into it. All right. I mean, I'm I'm flying through things today. So um, I, I want to make sure that I tell you about my friends at Getter. You know, big tech monitors us. They censor us. They deplatform us. And conservatives have been helpless to do anything about it until now. Getter, 
uh, which is G-E-T-T-R, Getter, allows you to talk with friends and family and express your political beliefs without fear of Silicon Valley liberals coming after you. Join Getter, the social media platform that supports free speech and opposes cancel culture. Getter is led by former Trump advisor Jason Miller, who saw what big tech did to President Trump and decided to fight back. Getter is the fastest growing social media platform in history with over 1.6 million users and growing, including prominent conservatives like Mike Pompeo, Steve Bannon, me, Buck Sexton. Join Getter. It's in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and at Getter.com. Longer posts, longer videos, sharper and clearer pictures. And unlike the Silicon Valley oligarchs, Getter will never sell your data. Send a message today. Join Getter. It's time to cancel, cancel culture. G-E-T-T-R, Getter. Go to Getter.com for the latest. And that's what I think you should do. You should go check it out. I mean, social media platforms that don't allow us to be canceled, I think, are absolutely critical, absolutely essential, and I'm a big uh, proponent of supporting them however possible. Court of Appeals uh, on the... On the orders of George Tanios, Judge Tanios, one of the two men charged in connection with macing police at the Capitol uh, is going to be released in pretrial detention. Essentially, this is a judge in the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia saying you can't just hold somebody in solitary confinement like their Osama bin Laden because they were involved in a riot and allegedly maced a police officer. You can't hold them in solitary forever. Sorry, you can't do that until the trial. It's been months. It has been months. This is appalling that it's come to this point. But finally, a judge says, hold on a second. You're not you're not able to change the rules here just because January 6th insurrection is so scary. You're not allowed to do that. We still have a constitution. We still have rule of law. At least we're supposed to. But it's also noteworthy that there is a Another judge, uh, another another D.C. judge who is saying that she thinks that people are are getting off too leniently. It is too lenient. So explain that one to me. I mean, you've got a you've got a, a defendant right now is facing almost five years in federal prison for striking a police officer. That's a pretty severe sentence for just punching a cop. I mean, I'm not look. And by the way, I, I want to be very clear. You punch a cop, you should serve time. But, you know, maybe it's I, I have to look at what the actual guidelines are and the statutes and how other cases have been handled. But, you know, you punch a cop, you serve a year or two in prison. I don't think that's I don't think that's out of line. I and mean, obviously also depends. I mean, did you break the cop's nose? Was there real damage done or did you just hit him and he was OK afterwards? You know, that all should be taken into account. But f- almost five years in federal prison There's a D.C. judge who's complaining about how that's not severe enough and, and how the uh, the people involved in the riot shouldn't just have to pay for the damage, which is estimated to be about a million dollars. And that's just doors, windows, things like that. They shouldn't have to pay that restitution. They should have to pay for the National Guard presence, which would add up to hundreds of millions of dollars, okay, like five hundred million dollars. They should have to pay for that. Um, uh, it's just outrage. Can you imagine now? Now, now, let's take this exact same logic. Let's take the same, uh, you know, the same point of thinking here. Have any BLM rioters been charged for the police presence necessary or the cleanup? 
the destruction of these cities? Have any BLM rioters been charged for burning down entirely a police station in Minneapolis? I'm just wondering. I think we all know the answer to that. This two-tier justice system is undermining America at its core. It's honestly one of the biggest threats, one of the biggest challenges we face. When the federal bureaucracy is so in the tank for one side, when the DOJ judges, because remember, they put ideologues in prosecutors' offices and in judicial robes. Conservatives, this, this is why it's not a fair fight. We put people on who believe in principles. We put people on who think the law constrains their power and has to be universally applied and has constitutional foundation. They put people in prosecutors' offices, they put leftists there who are activists, who are progressives, and they think their duty is not to apply the law as written, but to make a more equitable, progressive society and to do whatever they can to wield power however possible to that end. This is why we have very different outcomes. This is why we find ourselves in the midst of challenges like this right now where you have judges that are saying not enough for them to be held in solitary confinement they should also have to pay for the restitution remember not restitution for damage for nancy pelosi's absurd stalinist let's deploy thousands of troops to the capitol as if any moment there's going to be an insurrection and then this judge in dc says well let's let's charge the rioters for that that's on them Oh, okay. I mean, what are you going to send them? You're going to send them a bill? I mean, the answer is I think this judge would like to do that. The two tier justice system is one of the most troubling things that we are dealing with in this country right now, honestly. Because if you, if you can't trust that, it feels like the whole system is against you. It feels like there's nothing that is totally uh, beyond the pale. I want to check in with our friend, Producer Mark, here for a second. We're going to talk to you before. Producer Mark, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, Buck? I'm all right. What's going on in Producer Mark world? Everyone likes to hear from you. We didn't. I had to do roll call on the fly. Uh, so we did a little bit, but you weren't there last. And whenever I do roll call and there's no Producer Mark, people are like, is he okay? Has he been sent to Gitmo? Or is he just on vacation in another beach place? So you're okay, right? Just want everyone to know. I'm fine. I was actually in San Antonio, Texas with uh, my in-laws do a family vacation every year. So uh, I was with them. Yeah, not Gitmo, San Antonio. How was it? It was fine. Uh, you know, San Antonio, uh, no offense to anyone who lives there. Maybe not the city I would visit again, but it was nice to do once. Did you go to the Alamo? Uh, I did not. My family did, but uh, I had to stay back and work on the wonderful Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. Ah, okay. What did they say? By the way, that's a good reason. Um, what did they say about the Alamo? Were they impressed or were they kind of like, meh? Uh, they enjoyed it. They uh, okay. got a guided tour, so I think uh, it was uh, educational for sure. How was the food down there? Uh, food was pretty good. Uh, we dined at some fancy schmancy restaurant. Uh, I forget the name. Maybe Emma's uh, was the name of it. And it was very what'd you, good. What did you go for there? Did you get like, uh, you know, uh, Coco Vent or, uh, you know, some kind of uh, Grand Oui or something? What did you get? They did. Um, it was family style. So there was some steak. Um, there was some branzino and some mm. assort, some random side dishes. It was very good. Sounds like quite a nice little trip. You came back refreshed and ready to get back into the uh, the fight here and save America? I'm always refreshed and ready for you, Buck. See you guys. Producer Mark knows what's up.
He knows he knows how we get down. Make sure you send us some roll call. So we'll get to that on Friday. Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. Please put just write roll call like the first thing. With, I'd, I'd love it if you do this Write roll call and then whatever you want to write. That way, when we scan through, we know it's a roll call because sometimes people send me, you know, Buck, I have the microfilm for you. You must give me 10 million American dollars. And I'm like, look, dude, I don't know if I can do that right now. You know, producer Mark, I kind of want to see the cash up front. You know what I mean? Exactly. If they wire us the money, then we'll be happy to say. Yeah, I want them to wire me the money and then we can talk about the microfilm. I don't think I'm going to send them because of the prince in their family in uh, Belarus or whatever. I I don't think I want to send them the money for the secret microfilm that will show that Biden is actually a, a lizard person. So, although, I mean, is Biden a lizard person? I can't prove definitively that he's not. I've never met the man, you know, never met the man. So could he be a space alien? These are the questions. These are the important questions we have to ask here on the uh, Buck Sexton show. So, yeah, put roll call in your roll call message. You can also email us if you prefer that over the Facebook team at iHeartMedia.com. And if you're not already following me on Instagram, please do, because we want to continue to use that as a great platform to reach all of you. This has been a fun show, as it always is. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Oh, pass the buck this week. When you get a chance, tell one person in your life, be like, hey, do you know about the Buck Sexton show? Get them to listen. This is the best podcast out there. Come on, let's be real. Talk to you tomorrow. Shields high.